dude. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Strength Hammer Podcast, episode 10. And if you're not listening to this in the morning, good morning anyway. Stop listening and turn it on in the morning so we're correct. <laughs> yeah, if we're wrong, it's your fault. Yes. Uh, so today, very special day. We got, uh, like I said, episode 10. So we're an official podcast. Uh, round of applause, if you would, Matt. Hank, thank you. Perfect amount of applause. <laughs> uh, so, so today, uh, Matt and I have on three very special guests. Cole, Luis, and Jacob. They are uh, members of the Ligonier Legion, which is the local gaming club I'm a part of, as well as Matt, whenever he makes the trip from Pittsburgh down. But uh, on top of that, they're also the ones that really lead the different game systems. I mean, I, I kind of head up AOS, but... Um, also, all of them play AOS, um, so I wanted to bring them on to get them to talk about their experience with the club, what we're trying to do, and then uh, also, there's the benefit that all of us play uh, Warhammer 40k in 9th edition has been announced, and we're just going to do some first reactions on that, so uh, uh, I guess I guess first, Matt and I will start with the general format of how we uh, do our little hobby table section. Matt. What's on your hobby table, and how's your fitness going? Um, <clears throat> uh, fitness is going uh, pretty good in comparison to the rest of the world with, uh, you know, uh, everyone getting, uh, even if they don't get the virus, they still get the 19 part. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't gained anything, but I've been working so much that I just get out of work, and I'm like, well, maybe I'll just not eat a lot and not worry about the moving part, so... You don't expect so much buoyancy on that one. But as far as the hobby goes, um, although I haven't done a lot of hobbying per se, I've actually moved out a lot of... Um, uh, I got rid of all of my surplus 40K stuff. Uh, so that uh, one of our local... One of the local Pittsburgh clubs was struggling a little bit and they were posting a... Uh, they posted asking if anyone could donate some models and uh, they would sell them and they'd split the price. Uh, and I just said, listen, these models are, you know, five, six, seven years old that I got my value out of them. You just, whatever you can get from them is good. And uh, so even though I didn't build or paint anything, I at least got some progress done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's, that's something. I mean, clearing out as I've talked about on like, social media is is a big thing i've done a lot of clear out lately not so much in the warhammer hobby but just in general it feels good yeah i already filled all the space back up with aos stuff so well, i mean you're focused uh, <laughs> i guess uh next we'll uh we'll, we'll check in with cole um and and just just cole what what's been on your hobby table and uh are, are you doing anything for fitness if you don't have anything then get out why are you on this podcast <laughs> Well, I will show myself the door then. Uh, I haven't been doing anything for fitness. Uh, unless you want to count packing boxes and getting ready for move. Because that's what my life's been as of late. Well, and well, it's what well. currently is on my it's what's currently on my hobby desk is boxes. So as soon as I'm done with that though, I'm hoping to grab my Harlequins that I have been working on and building and actually convince myself to put paint on them. It's nice. the most dawning part of that whole thing is convincing myself just put paint on them. 
It'll be fine. Just do all those but diamonds. I want to keep. I want to do the diamonds, and it's going to make it so much more difficult. Yeah. Do you have an airbrush? I do not have an airbrush. I don't, haven't had a space t- for an airbrush before. Well, hopefully this move might change that. So okay. yeah, I think we'll see. that's the cheat is you just get a you get a little you just get paper and you just cut the diamonds in and then hold it up an airbrush and that's all. <laughs> I'm sure you can find yeah. staples. There are st- staple stencils for it as well. Yeah, just get some staples. Staples just yeah, staple I'll just start <laughs> stapling the model. <laughs> the would be thicker than most of their limbs. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, let's go over to Luis. What uh, what's on your hobby table? What what's what's been your fitness, if any? I'll do fitness first. Uh, I actually was a little worried that I would gain weight in quarantine, and I have been losing weight. Okay. Despite not not doing a whole lot more exercise, so I'm starting to realize that my big problem is like the snacking and eating out thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that will. I'll get you. I, I know, like, for me personally, if I have it in the house, I'll eat it. So I I do my best to not buy excess of things that I'd like to snack on. Like, you know, even like a light beer or chocolate. If it's in the house, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So so that's good, right? Yeah, no, that's that, that is good. I mean, there, better relationship with food is always a key thing to actually getting fitter in general. Yeah, we, we've been having a lot of talk in the house lately about what things we want to go back to normal, what things we don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, between the money and the health benefits, I think eating out has been something that we definitely want to keep at quarantine level. <laughs> no, so we'll see. Yeah, that, that's that's a good thing too. And that, we'll probably get into that just in general too. But yeah, the whole, like what is going to be normal compared to what used to be normal? And, right. and how can we make it like a, a good thing for us? So that's really awesome. Uh, Jacob... How are you over there? What's your hobby? What's your fitness? Hey, hey, wait! Luis didn't get a, didn't say what his hobby in about. Oh, I'm oh sorry. I was hoping he, I was uh, going to get I'm away sorry. with that. He got me distracted. No with one the fitness. cares that you're not fat. <laughs> I, I, no, no, less fat. Not not fat. All right, less. Jacob, hold the thought. Luis, hobby table now. Oh man, um, I have been trying to clear backlog so. Painting up Shadespire Warband or uh, Underworld's Warbands like crazy. Um, we've been playing some skirmish games at the house. So Marvel Crisis Protocol, been painting up a lot of that. Nice. And now I'm staring at the Warcry stuff that I need to get to. <laughs> yeah, I've been yeah. seeing you post your uh, Underworld stuff all over the place. And damn, dude, you knock it out of the park. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and especially too, like I, I'm always impressed when someone can paint exactly like it's supposed to be, kind of like on the box thing. And your Crisis Protocol is doing that. Like you're hitting the right colors for all those heroes. Yeah, those look really good. I really enjoy all those models. You Thank have. you so much. Yeah, and actually, just did you just do like a? Was it? Is it the actual table you play on, or did you just do a diorama for your Crisis Protocol? No, it's the it's the terrain that actually comes in the corset. Okay, it looks like a diorama. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, um, the table, the one thing that doesn't come in the corset that I wish did was some kind of, like, play mat or board. Uh, Because the the board size is 3 by 3 and I'll be damned if I don't have anything that's remotely that size. Well, (laughs) well, 
masks are going to be a, a topic of conversation for us, I'm sure. So there's a there's a chance. Uh, hopefully, Norm will be carrying some mats soon that might fit your need perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Now that Matt has corrected course for me, and and as we said before the show, proven to be the professional one on this podcast. Now we'll go to Jacob. <laughs> what's uh What's your fitness? What's your hobby? Uh, fitness wise, I don't. I don't really. I don't do anything. I I just go to work. Yeah, you, well, you have uh, a very labor intensive job too. So. Yeah, I, I've lost like ten pounds, but that's because I've been eating out. Yeah, and I, mean, I couldn't afford to really lose ten pounds, to be honest with you. Yeah, you have like what, one percent body fat? <laughs> yeah, the winters are cold without any. <laughs> um, actually, just picked up a box of Russians. Well, a whole army of Russian Flames of War miniatures. Uh, there's a lot of people. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> he picked up a bunch of Russians at the street corner. <laughs> there's uh, it seems like a lot. I of need two. Get in. Get in. <laughs> getting out of the hob and it seems like people are selling stuff off cheap to try and make ends meet during this whole deal so i've been fortunate enough i can pick up some of this stuff yeah i haven't i haven't really have you seen like for that in in our club in general jacob i mean i haven't seen any for age of sigma or 40k but i know you also take care of our historical side you know as far as people like in our club selling stuff out yeah no i haven't seen any of it from our club i think we've been very fortunate but i mean i just I get on eBay. It's my like uh, crutch. It's a problem that I have, and <laughs> then I see stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that people are selling off way cheaper than they would have been five or six months ago. So uh, I, I get it. I mean, heck, during the end times, I was literally being given models from fantasy <laughs> because people were just getting out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, right. As for myself. Um, my fitness, uh, just generally keep, I'm lifting five to six days a week. Uh, my cardio has dropped, but, uh, today being Memorial day. So, uh, you know, happy Memorial day, everybody in the United States. And once again, if you're not in the United States, just turn off the podcast, fly to the United States, get citizenship <laughs> and turn it back on a happy Memorial day. <laughs> um, or marry an American or marry an American. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but, uh, for CrossFit, uh, every Memorial day, we do a workout called Murph, and I got that later today. So it's a mile run, uh, 100 pull-ups, which I don't have a pull-up bar, so I'm going to do some bent-over rows, uh, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and another mile run. Um, and you're supposed to do it in a 20-pound weight vest, which I don't have, but uh, we'll see how that goes because, like I said, my, my cardio has been suffering. I've been walking every day multiple times, but I haven't really pushed cardio. So this may be the final podcast, at least with me on it. Matt will, Matt will pick it up and just keep going with it. Yeah, I'll... I'll improve it, Dory. It's okay. He's a professional one. He's got this. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you what. I did. I did communication major for two years at a at a college. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my hobby table, um, uh, I'm competing in the Bits Havoc right now. It's a hashtag Bits Havoc on Twitter. Um, I'm a friend and Warhammer hero Dan uh, Lonely Havoc on Twitter. Uh, it's a cool little thing. He he pairs two people up. And he sends them a bunch of random bits, which people donated to him. And he gives you a theme, and you have to build it and, and paint it if you want. And I have mine built and primed. So I'm going to probably paint that later today. And uh, also, I have my latest set of 10 Witch Elves built. Hopefully prime them if it's not too humid today. And uh, I don't know, maybe even get started painting on them. 
bring the total up to 250, and then that actually will break my 10,000 points of Daughters of Cain, which I'm happy to be about, be right there. 300 or nothing, baby. Uh, we're going to stop at 250 for a little bit, because I'd like to add some more snakes to my army in the long run. But Well, just plus... remember, you'll always be short of the uh, the mighty 300. I know. Well, we'll get there, don't worry. But like I said, I also have a pile Sounds of... Like a... What's that? I was going to say, it sounds like a 2021 goal, but, you know. We'll see. I, I know that the next big goal... Sounds like a June goal. June. Oh, yeah. I also have a pile of terrain donated, 3D printed by uh, Anthony Polcastro. That needs to be painted. Built and painted for Nova. Uh, so I'll, I need to get building that, and then I need to convince you guys to come help me paint it. Also a June goal. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we, we still need to see if, as of Right now, we don't know if Nova's happening or not. It, we're planning as if it is, but uh, weird times. But uh, yeah, no, that's it. I have nothing else. No backlog. It's great. I'm I'm in a very happy spot for hobby. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I guess let's get into the the main topic. Um, I'd like I'd like to I'd like our audience to get to know you guys better because you you guys will be returning as guests for topics here and there and just for fun. Um, Luis, let's start with you. Why don't you give us like some insight on how you got into the hobby, how you found the club and, and what you're doing for the club. Cause you're doing quite a bit. Oh boy. Uh, how did I get into the hobby? Uh, I got in actually relatively recently. Uh, I think I started really like buying Warhammer stuff three and a half years ago, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was always kind of adjacent to the hobby because I played Magic the Gathering for a long time, and um, a lot of the stores that I played in also sold Warhammer. It's kind of one of those things where I just didn't have the disposable income to actually be able to play. Like, everything just seemed too expensive. Um, but a few years ago, I wound up selling off a big part of my magic collection most of my modern and uh, legacy stuff and uh, wanted to get into the painting side at least so I picked some stuff up and uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Ligonier Legion and then I started going out and playing with you folks and uh, it very quickly ballooned from that to I don't know how many armies I have I don't I don't <laughs> want to try to mentally tally up the amount of money <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I I had a friend do that for me once. I gave her a rough idea of what things cost, and she started adding it up. And she reached a number that was too high, and I was like, just stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, say, I, I didn't know that... Because um, you, you only ever played Age of Sigmar, then, as far as uh, fantasy goes. You never were in the... Correct, correct. Yeah. I, I did not know that, nope. actually. nope. Now, I have an embarrassing drawing from middle school of, uh, oh, God, what is the the dragon king from fantasy that's riding the big green dragon? I'm going to embarrass the hell of myself. The dragon? Is it a, what race? Dragon. It's a uh, an elf prince that's riding a dragon. Uh, Imric? Yeah, I have a drawing I did of him in middle school, so that, that kind of shows you how long I've been aware of it, but... Oh wow! <laughs> oh, no, that's 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 neat though. Like, yeah, it, this hobby, like at least the game, you don't always start out just writing the models. Usually, you're adjacent to something, like you said. 
Right. Yeah. So continue the journey um, to uh, to how you how you been a part of this club and and taking on lots of tasks and organizing for folks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I tend to be very involved in kind of any organization that I'm in. Um, so I think I started out being more of an organizer to give you a break so that you could actually <laughs> play instead of organizing all the Age of Sigmar stuff all the time. Yeah, you definitely took over a few events, which was nice. <laughs> the, the, was it the curse of that we all know of, of running something is you just sit and watch people play more than play? Yeah, I mean that generally helps me because I, uh, I I'm a bit of a spaz when playing, and I, I'm I wouldn't say I'm very good. So you know, it's nice to actually be able to, you know, facilitate to a certain extent. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, so outside of that, though, like like what specifically? Because like you are technically the lead for like Warcry and I guess Underworlds as well. You kind of you kind of head both those up uh, for yeah. us. Yeah. I, I, as much as I like the really large-scale games, uh, I definitely do much more playing of skirmish games. So I've led skirmish-type games a few times and a few open days for people that are into board games or just want to try new games out. Star Wars Legion, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. You are trying to get Legion going. And we actually what, you, we had a yeah. Warcry tournament with, with the official prize kit we were going to run before all this happened, but I think that's that's going to be probably our first thing back, I assume. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- that would be I mean, great. That That's your call, though. I mean, who knows? Oh, no, no, that would be great. I just, uh, I would have to take the, uh, the, the medals that I've been displaying down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came these. in first, second, and third. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Somehow I have every certificate and every medal. No, that's amazing. <laughs> oh no, that that's that's awesome. Like I said, it, it, it's been really nice too that you took over. Um, you know, help, one helping just run Age of Sigmar on occasion, as well as just taking on those games because they're especially Warcry is really kind of taken off at our club or was taking off so it'd be nice to have that be like a feature because normally before this it was just age of sigmar day which was anything in the realm of age of sigmar but uh yeah some of those games definitely require their own uh full days to get get good games in uh, and also uh in the in the same vein of picking up your slack uh, Luis, if it happens, is also going to be the lead for the uh, AOS doubles and uh, yes, that's right. and Warcry at Nova Open. The Warcry GT, yep. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's yeah. a fun thing. Just dragging all of you guys into Nova Open. Cole, Jacob, you guys are next. <laughs> no, I just want to play. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. We can get you <laughs> into something. <laughs> Nah, nah. I just made it outside the, uh... of the top sixteen last time. Now I just want to enter that. That's yeah. You're gonna ride on those laurels a long time. Oh man, <laughs> right. that was, I was so I was like on cloud nine, man. Uh, you just kept pumping out those wins. I don't know how you did it. Well, it ended rather quickly. Yeah, we were doing our best to get you the right opponents, and we just goofed out. We're sorry about that. Oh, jeez, yeah. jeez. <laughs> you, you could only hold off Slanesh so long. 
Hey, I'll take my 50% while I was there, okay? <laughs> then the final round, we gave you Joe Cryer with his uh, his nasty Zinch list, and you're just like, oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't understand how good Zinch could be, and then he showed me. And I'll tell you what, I learned quite a lot in that game, but it was a really enjoyable game. Yeah, like that, and that was prior to their upgrade, right? Yeah, it's... Yes. Or update, I should say. The fact, like, Joe, that's that's his primary army. He plays it 90% of the time, so it's it's like he can he Yeah, can he bring seemed out to just know. Yeah, he understood the positioning that he needed for that army to just completely neutralize me, which, good on him. He knows what he's doing, and I learned a lot about that army in that game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Um, like I said, Luis, it's been great having you a part of the club and, and doing as much as you're doing and then like, taking to the next step. And then I don't know how you're doing it considering that you have you have a child. Uh, as you said, you have Frozen 2 playing constantly in the background. And you have a second oh, child no, on the way. Oh, no, that's just for me. Oh, that's for you? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, no. yeah I, have a, I have a four-year-old and a little one on the way. Yeah, which also, you, I think we just found out that, like, I just found out last night as the Nova guys were talking that if you're not at Nova Open and it because it's happening, it's because your wife's giving birth. Because <laughs> the time yeah, is yeah. too perfect. Yeah, kids do end of September, and then last ultrasound, they're like, oh, you know, your kid's measuring like two weeks larger than it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, next, I want to talk to Jacob because he, one, one uh, I sort of know kind of, general about his time in the hobby but uh i'm curious to know more because i came in after you started but i'm also older so it's weird <laughs> not to mention you also <laughs> you also take on running historical because uh, we have a big historical um scene in our area that uh really honestly would would die if we didn't have somebody leading it so i'm glad you're here to do that for them but yeah well let, let's tell us how you got in the hobby tell us your journey and then uh yeah. Well, actually, it, I was like 13, and I went over to uh, Cole, actually, who he's here. Uh, I was best friends with his little brother growing up, and they uh, got me playing my first game of 40K with orcs and space marines, and I fell in love and then started going down to Ligonier with them and started playing Flames of War, actually, and Flames of War kind of really stuck with me. It was a game that I could really get into really struck with me i'm i'm a big historical person i really enjoy historical so now is it um again i haven't played any historicals and i really don't know too much about it uh but i feel like it's it's odd or or rare to see a 13 year old playing a historical is that (laughs) is that about right (laughs) well i i don't know actually we have a fair amount of kids that do show up that are interested in it the big thing that's a real advantage about Flames of War is you don't have to know anything historical at all, and you can still show up and play. I can give you a bunch of tanks, and you can go play and have a great day. So, I mean, you now don't have, have you, to know anything. Have you, I know you said uh, Flames of War is your main. Have you tried any of the others? Like, um, uh, I can't think of any of the others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as historical games go? Yeah. Nah, I just I Flames of War is what I stick to. I got way too much, way too much of that. I don't need any more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 
our club's good. We got a lot of good people that are involved in our our my personal deal, and they're all pretty self sufficient. I just give them an idea, and they normally tend to run with it. So, yeah, the the days are always busy when they happen. Um, like I said it, I I do find it interesting that there's not normally if like most war games you see crossover, but like there's most of the historical guys are just historical and they just cross over the other historical. We can't, we can't seem to get them in the fantasy or a 40 K. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm pretty well the only one that, that plays all three systems that we have down there. Well, I guess we have four systems. I play three out of four. But... Yeah. At least, at least on the regular basis, but no, that's awesome. Yeah. But like, uh, what, I guess, um, do you want to tell us like what kind of armies you collect outside of, uh, uh, your historical end, like for uh, 40k uh, AOS. <laughs> I got for 40k. I got thousand sons, imperial guard, blood angels, and I have about half an army of space wolves. For some reason, because I have a problem. <laughs> um, so we need to do what I did and just bring them and sell them all. Sell them to people. The problem is you don't have the other half. Ooh. Uh, Norm's got the uh, the new box set for 40k, the uh, Prophecy oh. of the Wolf, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. He's got it set back for me because, oh, I have orcs now too. I just bought a whole army of orcs because I want to put like 300 Gretchen on the table and watch them run across and get slaughtered. Oh, God. With nice. Gasgill in the middle of it. Because <laughs> it would be funny. Well, you get his little banner guy would give him bigger, better leadership, right? For all the grots. But, uh, yeah. In AOS, I have a whole bunch of dwarves. Um, <laughs> I picked up way back when. I was probably only in 40k for a year or two whenever somebody was selling out all their dwarves. So I bought a lot of dwarves and then started running with that. Now I've played dwarves and before, whenever they were... I, I ran the bottom tables. I was pretty good at being at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was the only actual straight dwarf player that was uh, at Nova Open. So <laughs> yeah, there's what two at Adepticon the year you took them, and, and I think you you won a game that year too, didn't you? Well, I didn't play in the GT at Adepticon. We played in the uh, the team tournament. Cole actually and I both played in the AOS teams, and uh, yeah, we we did win. We won a game, didn't we, Cole? <laughs> Yes, I think we had a singular win. It was uh, <laughs> pretty much a minor victory, but it was there. Yeah, it was against Our the, other, the only uh... other person who brought dwarves. Right, that's right. It was the other dwarf player. <laughs> yeah, I had to yeah, put them in their place. And our lists were the same. <laughs> now, now, what's really funny is I was watching a, a video that was going over um, tournament stats about the different armies, and it happened right after they included Nova. And so, like, because of you, the dispossessed were actually like in a really good spot in the rankings. But the... yeah, <laughs> but they were like, "Oh, and they're like dispossessed is up." Oh, one person played it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, someone I won played one it. Game. Yeah, someone played it, and your your one victory dragged them up like multiple percentages. <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Heck yeah! No, I had a good time playing old doors. So now you're running but, them as, uh, now as I three cities. Over and I started throwing uh, Empire stuff. Well, would, I guess what it Free cities, it yeah. Free, yeah. I started throwing some of them in and playing a, a lot different game than I was before. 
but it's a learning curve. But I think, I mean, I'm enjoying it a lot. We have a good group of people to play. We have, there's a lot of skill around our area to play against and get good with or get better. I'm not going to say good, but get better. <laughs> you know, that's, that is with. a really good thing to, to mention too. We, for some reason, our little Ligonier area, like we have probably what four or five folks that are like always in the top 10 in the country for age of sigmar and and or 40k that regularly show up to our events and we're friends with them and are really cool people like like we have a tough training field if we want it yeah yeah absolutely that's that's awesome like i said it's it's great that you you can do historical i know like you and then our our shop owner norm keeps trying to get me in historicals and actually he, he's it's starting to work because since i ran out of stuff to paint more or less he gave me some romans <laughs> and i bought an osprey <laughs> book so this may be my downfall so you're just getting to that age that's all yeah i mean hey, what do you mean i'm the youngest one here <laughs> yeah you're an oddity that's why <laughs> <laughs> you're you're mentally 67 <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> uh well i guess uh let's let's introduce and learn a little bit more about cole the uh the the gentleman who runs our 40k who's taken on that monumental task i don't know if it's monumental thankfully our local area like you said we have some good players but down in our little club we're not too terribly competitive so i don't have to keep up on the biggest cutting edge at all times makes it much simpler um but yeah no i got into uh warhammer and wargaming about the same time uh, around when i was 13 i don't even remember why i think it was a friend of mine who had a couple of models and i thought oh that's just the coolest thing of course i want to get into this and so you start looking around trying to get into it and you realize oh there's this i forget i think it was the fifth edition starter box where it had space marines on one side orcs on the other so of course i grabbed up all the space marines handed the younger brother all the orcs and we started to just smash models at each other and had no idea what the heck we were doing <laughs> until i don't know we start going down to uh norms our friendly game store uh toy soldier gallery and he tells us, hey, at the local library, there's going to be some other people playing who actually know what they're doing. And so so one of my first games was actually they were doing a doubles tournament at our uh, friendly local. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I don't think anybody realized that I had no idea what I was doing until I just started plopping models on the table. And they go, well, you're going to have your captain charge Dante? Yeah, it seems like a great idea. <laughs> if, if you're an Age of Sigmar player, basically I'm having a generic captain run against a 10,000-year-old space marine who is very good at killing people. <laughs> it did not end well at all. <laughs> Here's Liberator Prime versus Archeon. Go! Yes, exactly. It went as you expected. Um, but after that, I just for whatever reason, just wanted to keep sticking with it. It was a really good group of people down there. Um, I think it was only, like I said, 13, 14 at the time. So 
I'm glad that they were okay with a child essentially running around with them. Um, after that, I pretty well just stuck with 40k for a while until somebody tried to convince me that fantasy was a great idea. And me being young and thinking, well, I still really like 40k, I figured oh, I'll just pick up demons because you can use them in both. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> It turned out to be pretty good because I believe in 8th edition Age of Sigmar, they were pretty nasty at the time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how mean they could be. I was young, didn't understand, and just rolling over people like, what am I doing? How am I doing this? <laughs> but it was a good time. Oh, 8th edition fantasy. I was thinking, like, dude, 8th edition's out right now. I don't know what you're talking about. So no, no. <laughs> Fantasy. Fantasy. Now I started playing... 40k in fifth so <laughs> boy i can't remember how young i was in fall of 19 or 2019 That's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long listen here old man all right <laughs> yeah no i'm starting to think about that i've been playing this game for basically half my life now so okay i guess we we should pause real quick and um especially myself cole you and and jacob need to uh i guess guess give thanks and blame uh our friend brad who ran the club for a long time and he's the one that tricked us all into playing all these games when we were so young and impressionable yeah brad did a really yeah. good job of bringing bringing young people in and really getting them interested in the hobby so yeah and we we do yeah still, like, that still carries through to even what we're all doing because there's a lot of young well, people in our club taught us all a lot on how to deal how to handle a young person and get them interested in the hobby i mean we're very 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 much so i'm very thankful anyways that i i came into the group with somebody like that to kind of lead a lead me at least personally in a way to be able to, to help younger people and do that kind of stuff we do have a pretty young group of kids that show up yeah fairly and often so and everyone in our group group understands even the most veteran of players that they they no matter what list they bring even if it's a prep for a gt coming up if they go against someone who's new they just they know how to they know how to play it so they're not you know ruining someone's day by just like running them <laughs> over them because he's, he's like oh no we'll give we'll give it a game i know how to play my list i'll just i'll play it appropriately for my opponent to give them a good game and every single person does that at our our club and it's wonderful Says the guy who dropped Scarbrand and two Bloodthirsters on my first game. <laughs> you need to learn. <laughs> You're not a child. <laughs> I, th I thought you were going to do... Says the guy who always puts down as many Witch Elves as possible. Oh no, that was my second game playing against you that you dropped down like a hundred Witch Elves. Yeah, well, I, listen. I don't know how to play corn, so I, I, I honestly put that down. No, like thinking that this is not good because I still don't know how to play corn at all. Nobody knows how to play corn. If you just listen to the lore, that's how you don't do it. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think the secret is just three bloodthirsters and a bunch of flesh hounds. I think that that seems to be what works. <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good start. Uh, so. As far as uh, I, I guess the um, the club goes, then Cole, like uh, why don't you tell us like what what's been going on with with 40k right now? So before all this uh, 
happened. We all ended up locked in our homes. We had an escalation league going, actually, where we started with kill team, and we're going to work our way up to 2,000 points. Um, I believed we were the next one was going to be a 1,500-point battle. Um, I'm not entirely certain. I'm going to be checking with people of the club if they want to continue that whenever all this opens back up. I believe Norm, our friendly local game store owner, wants us to run a 2K tournament whenever all this comes out to try and grab everyone and be like, hey, come out, let's do something. You don't have to worry about whatever the points were before all this happened. Let's all just get together, have a good time. Um, outside of that, for whatever reason, our local club just loves Kill Team. Yeah. I know that if I say, hey, we're going to do a Kill Team game, I will be able to fill our local area. I think it's just the speed of the game. People enjoy that. So so I assume you're going to run something special whenever Ninth comes out? Yeah, I think we're going to, especially whenever it first comes out. It'll probably more or less be, hey, everyone come down, bring a 1K or 2K list, and we are just going to figure out these new rules because in our local club, if I just say, hey, know the new rules, come on down and do something, <laughs> it'll take a little while for everyone to understand, and I'll just be running around between tables. I don't so, I don't plan on reading the rules. I'm going to bring up models, and you need to show me what to see, do. And a lot, we have a couple of people just like you in the club, and that's oh, why yeah. I can't just have a, let's jump into it. That yeah, it's got to be, a, yeah. Well, see, I'll uh, I'll pull what custodes I have left, and I'll tell you how many points I have, and we can run a tournament of that size. Oh, okay, perfect. exactly. Okay, the perfect. Matt, the Matt Hayward format. Yeah, twelve thirty-five. That's twelve hundred thirty-five points. No more. I guess you can have a few less. Um, but I mean, to to your credit. Cole, with what you're doing, especially with that uh, latest uh, slow grow league, like I repainted and finished painting all my dark angels, like around that time because I was just like, yeah, I want to do this. I want my stuff to look good, and now I have a fully painted 40k army, which I didn't think I'd have again. At least I actually painted to a you know a decent level as opposed to my young teenage self paint paint job that's been on them forever. Yeah, you're also a madman and did it in like a week too, though. So what a week. Listen, dry brushing and washes, oh my gosh. Space Marines, like, I, I have no fear. Like, you want to give me Space Marines to paint? Like, new Primaris coming out? Yeah, I'll buy a box and they'll be done that day. I guarantee it. They're so easy to work up. <laughs> yeah, there's one army that I kind of want to get into is that even though the new Primaris have gone now since regular Space Marines have, where I started, I don't want to bring in these new folk for whatever reason. Something in my head just doesn't want to use them, but all these new sculpts look too good. I'm gonna end up giving up on that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm all for the Primaris. That like, having when I was painting both at the same time, like, the Primaris are easier to paint up, just because they're slightly oh, yeah. larger. Right. You can actually get your brush into places. It makes life a lot easier. Listen, that and they they take to the direct. Like, I literally did a green, dark angel green primer, on, on the green wing. I mean, obviously the colors based on the army, but a dry brush and a wash and they were 90% done. Then the detail work was super simple. Actually, it took me, I just did decals, transfer sheets. That took probably the <laughs> longest because I didn't know how to do it. Um, got some help, but yeah. like Yeah, I, I can't say I've ever used decal sheets, so I'd have to actually learn how you do that correctly without it looking all shiny. So Yeah, I, I had my friend uh, Les 
Uh, he's over in England, but he needed some transfers for his Dark Angels, and he's he paints better than I ever will. But uh, I, I was sending him some, and I was just like, yeah, I've never done it because I, I don't really learn how to do it. And he just sat down, recorded like a walkthrough, and I tried it, and I was like, oh. So I'll, I'll show you how to do it. It's super easy, and it does make him look so much better. Good. Maybe I'll have to try that for the Harlequin set. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that kind of leads us into the next topic, since all of us here also play 40K, which is kind of fun. Now, I will count myself as the least knowledgeable about playing 40K. Uh, I dive into the I lore. Right, right now, I'm, I'm pretty well as i'm probably in the same boat as you <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it's like i mean we all keep up with the lore but yeah the last edition i think i had five games i know it's stunning but also it's because it was rather just playing age of sigmar at the time but uh i, I want to get more i want to get more regular with 40k with the club with this new edition i i love edition changes just because it's a nice little reset it feels comfortable getting back into the game relearning things everyone's kind of put back on the same level for a little bit yeah definitely and especially since this is a softer changeover than the jump from seventh to eighth was it's probably going to be easier transition for a lot of people too yeah this is like <laughs> from aos one to two type thing it feels like right yeah it was definitely uh looking over the you know the the nine things that are great about ninth edition or whatever they called it yeah definitely points to like the Whoops. <laughs> Patch that. Put a little spackle there. <laughs> hey, paint. hey, from the uh, the preview on Pete Fully's board, I mean, he confirmed that Dark Angels are the best chapter, so hopefully that means we can get a decent rule and the shenanigans of other chapters won't take that rule away from us in two weeks' time. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. Well, he also confirmed that he's going to make Space Marines smaller again, so... <laughs> I got both. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... Uh, I guess guess we'll start with uh, Cole while, while we're on it. Like, what's your general thoughts on what they've announced for the changes? Which just hasn't hasn't been a lot. A lot. Like we we know basically what they're gonna try to do, but we don't know exact rules. So this is all just kind of like first impressions. Right. So first impressions. I watched the uh, the reveal over on Twitch the other day, and one of the big things for me was it sounds like the base grouping of the rules are going to be easy for everyone to uh, access and get to. And that's awesome because the less I have to buy a giant rule book to convince somebody new to get into the game or keep going with the game, the better. One less thing that they have to get. Um, whenever I'm going through like as Matt said about the nine things great about the new edition, I'm liking everything that I'm reading in there or hearing in there. Uh, the f one that sticks out to me is more command points for less soup, which I think is something that, although we've all grown used to in eighth edition, it's something I miss from the older editions where you grab a singular book and that's all you need. Not, Okay, I'm gonna grab Imperial Guard, some now, knights, and some Space Marines. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, now, to be fair, for the previous editions, even though you're bringing one army, you've always had to bring several books. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I, I guess gonna... I only need to remember the rules for one army. I'm gonna go out on a uh, hot take here. 
I hate soup. <laughs> I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, I agree. I, I like I, I like f- I like splashing in thing here and there, kind of like allies, like uh, a contingent of this. But I I hate the mixing. Like, if there's anything that makes me walk up to a table at like a 40k tournament, I I, I had this. This was back in eighth edition. I saw this beautiful converted wraith knight that someone green stuffed on an amazing uh, trench coat to make it look harlequin. I was like, oh my gosh, a Harlequin Eldar themed army? Like, cool. I walked up to the table and it was next to like some weirdly different colored painted towel and I just like, ew, and walked away. I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> Hobby snob right here. I'll, I'll say it. I feel like you're targeting me a little bit and my beautiful uh, Gulliman Custodes Death Watch Sisters of Battle army. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, whenever 8th edition started, uh, I had a bunch of stuff that I liked, and I was like, I really like these guys, and I like these guys, and I like these guys. So I put in Gulliman because I liked him, uh, and then I also like Custodes, so they were my melee force. Um, and then I used Death Watch for, for long-range support, uh, and then I brought in St. Celestine, and I had enough points left over for the uh, one of the assassins. So, you know... <laughs> Perfect. No, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I lost uh, a lot of my interest there in 40k for a little while because I was playing Blood Angels real hard before 8th drop. And then Assault Marines became like not very good. Well, they're back now. I, I like... Well... I don't well, know. I, I, <laughs> I do feel like... Uh, no, again, this is from like an outsider's perspective because I really haven't played 40k all that much. Uh, since AOS really came out and, and started going. But, um, I mean, it really felt like all of the extra Space Marine chapters really kind of fell off there. You know, it was like you're either playing the, the Codex Primaris or, you know, the Dark Angels, Blood Angels, Space Wolves. They kind of fell off a little bit. Even Grey Knights without the, the most recent book kind of pumping them back up. I don't know if Dark Angels have ever been not off. They had a couple months here or there. Weeks. I, yeah, they... I like throwing like 60 assault marines on the table and jumping across the table. and sm- That's what you're supposed to do with Blood Angels. Actually... And when it first started, it was you had to run so many Imperial Guard to make you have enough command points to be able to do that and actually win a game. And that's where I was like, no. So, real quick, Jacob, we'll get into your general thoughts on the ninth edition announcement here in a second, but I'm just curious uh, because our club, the one thing it does have is everybody seems to love blood angels. And for some reason, I never really caught that bug fully. I love to look at them. And actually my, my wife, she yells at me. She's like, why didn't you take the pretty blood angels over your dark angels? And I was like, I don't know. Leave me alone. But is that all because of Lou from our club? Is he the one that put the blood angel love in everybody? I think no, especially in the me, older yeah. group. For me, well, maybe yeah, not I, for Jacob. <laughs> I I yeah, happened Jacob. upon them because I wanted to play Space Marines, and I was like, I don't want to play generic. I because at that time, you know, all the regular Space Marines, everything is Ultramarines, and I was like, I don't, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I almost feel as and, if everyone in the club should have like a Blood Angel army. Because, like, we all talk about it. Like, no one hates them in our club. Not a single person goes, oh, I don't like that army. <laughs> yeah, you, that's the new rule. You at least have to have your kill team. That's 
maybe i don't I mean, know they look cool they're, they're, there's a lot of really really cool models in the army and that's i think partially what drug me to them but I yeah know. i think i'm going to add that to the set of questions to join the club do you like blood angels <laughs> and, <laughs> and then yes or yes with a couple exclamation points <laughs> well, maybe, tell me more <laughs> maybe maybe we should start doing like a, a club thing where even even though i don't like soup like i said i like allies but everybody who plays this no matter what army you have you can bring in a single ally contingent of blood angels <laughs> just to make sure everyone <laughs> in club has at least one unit yes write it down write it down yeah it's a good idea yeah, I'm doing that right now. Don't worry. I awesome. got this. Well, uh, Jacob, what's what's your general impressions on the ninth edition announcement? Uh, any of the rules you might like so far? Like I said, we'll, we'll go into detail on the big nine here in, after we get through all this, but I'll, just kind of curious. I'm going to disappoint you because I, I, missed, I missed all of it. Uh, that whole day, and well, okay. I, I've been non-stop since then, so I, I'm, I'm a bad person to ask. That, that's fine. We'll... <laughs> We'll, we'll get back to you. Are, I guess in general, are you excited for a new edition? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always excited to see what they're going to do and how they're going to change the game and bring different armies back into play that so far have started to fall out of play. Um, they always are... One thing GW does very well, it seems, is that they will, whenever they change things, I mean, they change things for the better for everybody for a while at least as far as 40k goes so i mean it'll give me an opportunity to get some of my old models out again and play i don't know so just a general question for right now what uh what are some of the top armies space marines what are some space of marines uh whatever well i wouldn't say whatever flavor so you got gray knights you got regular old space marines which they had to try and hit over the head with a bat and I feel like Eldar soup is still very good. That's that's quite some variety. I mean, I think depending on the meta at a certain time, and especially the terrain that's on tables, different armies flourish, and you've seen that as yeah. we've gone through this entire edition. Like, depending on where people are playing, even like from Nova to... Adepticon, because of the terrain differences at those two different venues, you have different armies that do better at times. And I mean, that's a bit of a shame, but it's definitely something that if you start reading through some of the rules, obviously, like a Tau army will love a nice wide open table right. compared to your close combat armies of Gene Steelers that are happy to have this giant wall in between them and the enemy. I guess we should also mention briefly, too, is when we're on like this little, uh, meta talk um our club does not use itc format for our 40k games we just kind of play out of the book type 40k correct yeah i think that there are a couple people in the club who would like to go to the itc format they are i think just enjoying some of the consistency that brings mm -hmm. because i think that's one of the reasons ninth edition is coming out is there are a few things that kind of looking at some terrain rules and things like that and you're going why eh, i don't like the way this reads or i don't like the way this will interact and so i think they just like to have a more consistent game and so we might be looking at going over to that but yeah. we'll see with this new edition too if things change up enough that we don't even need to don't even need to think about it anymore 
Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, so I... ITC for 40K is actually like some rule updates or agreed upon fan rules or something? Yeah, it's more of a better worded grouping of especially terrain rules, but also um, the missions that they give you baseline 40K are all you essentially all of them are you score objectives at the end of the game who has the most objectives wins whereas in itc you care about objectives and kills throughout the entire game and so it helps balance the armies that just want to kill things and balance your fast moving armies that can keep up grab all five objectives and outscore their opponent okay interesting yeah yeah i mean well age of sigmar we've been blessed when it came over the the game was set up in a way and continues to be set up in a way that we don't need a comp system which is is wonderful because eighth edition had you know swedish comp and all this other comp and once age of sigmar got its feet under it and in 2.0 you know and and like i said technically there is an itc for age of sigmar like for nova we, we we support it we put into it because literally the requirements for itc is like hey just submit your scores do whatever you want cause the game is fine. Where 40k was, I mean, you guys might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but 40k was floundering back in like what six and seven, especially seventh. But things around six and ITC kind of like held it together by making the game, you know, playable in a uh, balanced sense. Correct? Yeah. Personally, the tail end of seventh, things were starting to get a little overdone. <laughs> there were if. If you rocked up to the table, your minimum five books in your hands to keep things going, and there were definitely armies that just completely head and shoulders above the rest. It wasn't even a contest, and I think that they did a good job at trying to pull us all together. Whether or not that was working 100%, I don't know. I wasn't really too big into it the tail end of 7th because of what all happened. Right, I stepped away more or less. But eighth well, yeah. came out and it helped me a but lot. It is interesting because, like, what like Las Vegas Open is obviously ITC because uh, the guys who started ITC run Las Vegas Open. Um, <laughs> Nova Open actually does their own scenarios that they write, and usually you see those turned into ITC scenarios later on. Uh, what does Adepticon do? I, I don't for forty k. I'm not entirely sure. Like, are they ITC or are they like their own thing? They're their own thing, so they're separate from itc from what i can remember as well yeah it's and then like age of sigmar no matter where you go it's the same <laughs> which yeah that's the beauty nice. of age of sigmar i don't care where i'm going i know what the missions will be yeah well, so hopefully... i think it's fair to say that uh, at the end of the day we know we know who gw actually really likes so uh, you know we got the uh, aos gets the gets the uh you know the wink and uh, 40k just like here you go here's your allowance go back over there <laughs> it's what what the uh the mom like and the two kids and the kids like like hey which one do you like more of a like like us more and, the, and she's like i love you both evenly and the little boy yeah. runs away happily and she, the mom leans over to the little girl it's you by a lot i like you <laughs> yeah I, I know some people get all up in arms about the potential like sigmarification of 40k but holy hell, if there aren't some things that would be nice to port over, like having a good set of competitive missions in the core rulebook or yeah. in chapter proof. Uh, 
um, having the unit rules be in the app for crying out loud instead of in four different books or in battle scrap because let's be honest that's really what people do yeah i mean battle scrap makes it so much easier for us yeah that's why with that new app i i feel like they're not going to but they need to start putting the unit rules out there like they're well, I don't know if they're not going to be there or not, simply because I believe I've seen that if you buy a, one of the new codexes, you're going to get access to the book in the right. app. So right. I'm yeah, expecting you... it'll be there. Oh. Well, so here's the thing, though. To me, I hear, you know, the buy the physical book, get the digital copy for free on the app as a reason not to put the individual unit rules in there for free like the AOS app. Yeah, you might be right about the individual rules. I don't know. It will be interesting to see what they do, but I do like that there will at least be an easier way of accessing them, If even if it is only if you own them. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I was talking, Chuck and I were talking last night, and I said, you know, there's only one reason that I have an Iron Jaws army, and that's because one day whenever I was working at the store, I was sitting there reviewing Iron Jaw War Scrolls in the app, Mm. And I was like, I have to get this army. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that app can be pretty dangerous. I have that problem too. <laughs> right. So it's like letting people see the rules isn't taking money from your pocket. It's an investment. It's planting seeds. <laughs> in a lot of ways, I think you're 100% right. I think that would help 40K in a lot of ways. To... I, I like AOS because I can walk up with my phone and... I can look up your army. Look up my. I can see, you know, I can see all the rules right. there on my phone. Right, and then again, like you still have to get the battle tome if you want allegiance abilities, uh, battalions, items. You know, there's still a reason to get the battle tome, but it's good to be able to open up a, a thing. Go, hey, wait, this says Arcanauts. You know, hit on a four. What? <laughs> But yeah, why am why are you telling me I hit him on a five? Listen, right. and even for like right. our club that has new people, you know, younger people, they they come up to like I have my army, and you just like okay, let me add this to to my phone, and then I can help yeah. help you play your army to get you your feet under you while playing my army. Well, you've done that with me, Chuck. I mean, you you pulled up our units from armies that I play. You know, I didn't know about just to help me play them, so. I think that would be a big help and big. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, really, like when you're playing your first games, like at least for our club, if you're younger and you break an army, we're probably just not going to even worry about allegiance abilities. <laughs> like, let's just <laughs> let's do some more scrolls and get through it, you know, and, and see see how you feel after, and then slowly introduce the rules. Which, yeah, I'm with you. I, I want I want all the war scrolls or data sheets, whatever it's called for 40k. I want them to be free on the app because. It's just easier, and it's proven to work yeah. for Age of Sigmar, so it's going to work for 40k. Yeah, I have a feeling that their big their big drawback is like since they itemize equipment, they don't want to necessarily have to worry about putting the points of the items in there. And I feel like I'm torn on whether they could or couldn't get away with it. But if it's in a digital format, they can always update it to points. Generally. Right, right. I and here's especially the if they're going to have a list builder. Here's the other thing. Don't put power level on the actual 
data sheets <laughs> keep them separate yeah. so you can change them because like i I'll be honest, I would like to play power level, but I also know right now things have changed so much that power level is meaningless. <laughs> As a Death Watch player, I truly enjoy power level. <laughs> Just grab all the war gear you ever want. It's all free. <laughs> Everyone gets enjoy. upgrades. You get upgrades. You yeah. get upgrades. <laughs> Here's four guys with the death... Uh, was it the... the, the Deathwind fla- uh, frag launcher or whatever? <laughs> Well, uh, Luis, if we if we got we haven't got your uh, general overview of what you think of the new edition. What's uh... oh, um, so I'm in kind of an interesting spot, right? Because eighth is my first edition of 40k. Oh, so I have none of the baggage of older editions and all of the anxiety about what an edition change might mean. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I, I just now, a few months ago, finished my first 2,000-point 40K army. And now I'm like, I don't know what that's going to look like now in ninth edition. <laughs> um, and this is a perfect opportunity to just pick up a new army. Yeah. Well, I mean, so to be fair, they, they have posted stating, you know, don't get rid of your codexes. They are going to work in ninth edition. So, you know, at least until your updated codex comes out, your army is going to be intact and- least it should be yeah it might be yeah, some, but some points adjustments but not it, it's see but at the same time you know we're cole was just talking about bloat at the end of seventh edition i play chaos space marines so i have three books plus the core rule book i'm carrying around <laughs> right now yeah so i don't know that i want i don't know that i want all that stuff to stay separate um but yeah i at least i i don't have to we're, we're not going to do index hammer for another you know year and a half potentially depending on which army you play so that's good at least yeah index it was like the wild west of age of sigmar just bring stuff go crazy have fun i miss indexes (laughs) you should just left it there (laughs) here's your indexes shut up (laughs) (laughs) people would complain and still buy it (laughs) yeah have you guys uh i mean our club has been positive I mean, we're just a positive club because I think all of us here are pretty positive about the game. So we haven't had any of the uh, salt that you see online. Um, but have you guys seen any of that online? Like, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, outside our club, because our club's positive. But just, I don't get the people that there's an addition change and they've released some vague things about it and you hate it, it's terrible, you're ruining the game, blah, blah, blah. Like... I, I, I think I think my favorite is the people who go like on on social media and post like calm rational concern like oh I really like this rule I hope they don't change it too much and then you have like 135 comments of like oh look at you whining oh. I'm like wait 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 <laughs> he, he came in at like a rational three and you're coming at him at a 12 like <laughs> Uh, on behalf of the internet, I would like to welcome you to the internet. Then, Matt. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I like, I like. I'll pull up Facebook and I'll like swipe up twice, and I'm like, you know, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do something. I'm good. Let's I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like ugh, you, you, you get a few laughs, and you're just like, okay, this is too much. I'm out. I'm... Why are you guys playing this game if this is how you feel? 
time to play the more fun game of let's gargle stuff from under the sink. That's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know the whole Terminator Skynet thing? We've had it wrong the whole time. The real thing that Skynet would do is just get online and make us hate each other so we just get rid of each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably Facebook's fault why Skynet goes bad. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just gets AI recognition of of hate. It's like, oh, this is this is what we're supposed to be. <laughs> but uh, do we, we want to hit up the list? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to run through the list? Or do you want me to? Sure, I got it, man. I got to pull it up right here. So, yeah. um, I think what we'll do is we'll go down. Um, we got nine things. I don't necessarily know if every single one is going to be a huge topic, but um, let's just run down the list and see what everyone thinks. So, number one, big emphasis on balancing and polishing the system. I kind of feel like we've been talking about that one, but um, I'll start off on that one. I, like I said, I feel like whenever 8th edition came out, I had a lot of, not a lot, but like there was a couple things that just stood out to me. I'm like, well, that's an odd choice. You know, why would you do it that way? And based on the rest of the list, the rest of the list basically checks every box that I had a concern with. Um, what do you guys think? Big thing for me will be seeing what they think needs polished. I think they're they're on the right track with eighth, as far as I'm concerned. It's as yeah. far as the difference between it and seventh. This was the right move. Yeah, um, there's always things that can be streamlined even after they're done with this. Someone will go, well, this is another thing that could be done or worded better or anything. So that one to me is just an improvement that should always be being made anyway. So, Did you um, watch the, the Stormcast uh, podcast with um, oh, who was it that was talking about rules? Uh, Jervis? Likely, I have not. Likely Jervis. Yeah. Well, so he was basically talking and said that, like, if you were to, like, eventually there's a point where you essentially have to go into the rules writer's room and just give them, like, a, okay, you guys are finished. Three, two, one. Okay, we're going to go to printer. Because <laughs> it's like, if you leave it with a rules writer, they're going to just keep polishing and keep polishing and keep polishing until they've, you know, uh, changed it several times over. Um, and I think that's basically where we got 8th edition, you know, like, because like you said, 7th edition was an interesting time. <laughs> I remember I was playing Grey Knights at that point, and I, I had a Storm Raven in order to get my guys in the back line, and I literally just stopped bringing it because it wasn't worth the hassle. <laughs> right, and I mean, 7th to 8th, it's basically a completely different game. And I think that was for a lot of people who didn't like 8th at first, they needed to realize that, that they're just completely different games, and yeah. that's okay. It was a better game. Well, again, I mean, 7th is a completely different game from 5th. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, that's not really a good... Okay, that's not. That's a very vague one. So I think the second one will get some good... Uh, is a good topic here. So this is talking about uh, the Crusade, where it's uh, a campaign system for narrative play that connects you... Uh, connects your games together and has full-blown experience for battle honors. Uh, your units uh, can earn between games. 
And I know they were saying that like you can play if you're doing your crusade, you can do it just fine, and you can bring it into a match play, and your opponent doesn't even have to be doing it. You can still be, you know, moving forward in your progression. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm always for more narrative options in games. And in, in 40k, I haven't really done much narrative. I just played Dark Angels and bring Azriel and have fun. But <laughs> like I said, it, this might get me to create like a custom character and you know, get a little bit more narrative with, with the game system. Are you going to make a Tay Rathi Dark Angel? Uh, no, no. Tay Rathi is <laughs> staying in Age of Sigmar. Yeah, it could be a nice Inquisitor. I'm not, I'm not bringing one model <laughs> that's not in, a, I'm saying, I'm staying in Dark Angel. We'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe a custom, uh, captain. It's like Ariana Dante. Ooh. <laughs> I like this. Who's that's okay? That's yours now. You're you're playing Blood Angels now, Luis. That, no, you can't let good selection on a new army. I like it. I like it. That that's like when someone I was trying to figure out like what pop star to use for my uh, Sylvaneth, and someone said Miley Cypress. I'm like, I oh god, you can't. Perfect. Yeah. So you, guess what you're doing? Well, again, I said Michelle Branch and. Chirp. I got crickets on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of a, a deep cut these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, my thing is like I look at this and I think it's a great idea, but I can't fathom how it works. Mm. You know, like how so, are you going to make a system where I get to improve my army? And I can bring it into match play, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't, I don't understand how that can work and actually be even and fair to anybody else. Depending on what, depending on what they actually do with what, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as you know, that could be turned into something that's, you know, me and my buddy sit down and have a game, and well, now my units, you know, whatever, they're they're better than. They're three times better than your regular unit. Well, I don't Just think they're going to... I don't think they're going to change the base rule. And so that's going to be kind of the thing. It's like, how do you come up with a system where your army is evolving without changing the core rules about it? Well, that's, what I'm, that's where I'm at. Uh, they can really... do it in that way. That's cool. But. You know, what really intrigued me is whenever they talked about, you know, oh, did your veteran get too many battle wounds? Well, let's convert him over to a dreadnought. You know, that's um, <laughs> that I liked the idea of it, but I need to see the execution of it before I really. Uh, yeah, am I going to pay the yeah. same points for my veteran then as I am the dreadnought? Or what, what? I mean, so my guess is that it would be something that's pretty similar to Warcry. So like those, the way that I see people handle this in Warcry is if you were in the middle of a campaign and you're playing a game that is not part of like the group that you did the campaign with, you basically go back to your base level again for what you're playing with. Like if this was a 40k game, you're still only dropping 2,000 points of stuff from your army. Yeah. Um, and then what you're really doing by playing with them is you get the advancement. So you can still say, oh, you know, this victory applies to your advancement track and you can move on, but you're not playing 
if it's Warcry, you're not playing with 150 points or, or uh, 1500 points worth of stuff because of all the thralls you've added uh, over the course of the campaign. You're still playing on even footing in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I, I think I am. This is probably one of the things I'm most excited to see um, because while I'm skeptical, uh, I do have faith in them to create something that is very intelligent. Um, but we'll see if it gets implemented or not. You know, I know a lot of times, like, uh, you know, they keep on, for AOS, they keep on doing um, a Path to Glory. And I, I've i tried to, I mean, I've implemented it in some of my narrative stuff, but I don't know anyone that's ever been like, hey, man, let's sit down and play some Path to Glory. <laughs> Yeah, it's my only concern that it ends up becoming a path to glory, which, <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet retailers love path to glory. Oh, yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see here. So let's see. Number three on the list was more command points for everybody. Uh, I know we, we touched on this a little bit ago, but um, it sounds like basically what they're doing is everyone gets just to pull a number out because they didn't specify a number like everyone gets 10 points and then you know you have to pay it sounds like you pretty much have to pay for each detachment uh and then if you if they're outside of your codex you probably have to pay more and it'll probably go back to that allegiance chart where it's like the less friends you are the more you have to pay <laughs> yeah i mean this makes a knight army way more attractive to me <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm like like Cole said. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the. Here's the Space Marines. Here you know, here's the Ultramarines. Here is the, uh, uh, I forget what they're calling Imperial Guard now. Astra Militarum Army. You know. Yeah, the I'll admit the one thing that has always had me struggling with the current edition and the format of 40k is it's it's hard. For me to kind of wrap my head around the fact that the flavor of what it means to be a dark angel is wrapped up in using command points to, yeah, to use your abilities like i'm just so used to like this is who i am and then you can use command points to do these little fun things here and there it's it's been a weird thing for me and like i said it's probably the hardest part about me wrapping my head around the game because i want to put down uh put down a uh dark angel army and feel like dark angels without having to plan out all my points for the entire game it feels like yeah it, my biggest um so now this is not necessarily ninth edition uh this is more just 40k versus aos which yeah could be a whole nother show i am a old school video game player where whenever you get your special weapon you hold on to the special weapon <laughs> forever and you never use it because there might you might be fighting a giant uh you know super time lich but but right around the corner there might be two and he might have four heads you know like <laughs> you're on the final boss but is this his final form right right how many more forms does this guy have so i never know when to give up uh i never know when to spend uh cp in any way shape or form <laughs> 
I've always been a, a component of spend early, spend often, yeah. get it used, because if turn five comes and you're sitting there with ten points, you're going, well, I wish I would have used this on turn two. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess it would just... Um, yeah, but I, I think that's just something that you have to play. I think you have to be a 40k player to really grasp command points. Um, yeah, it would definitely help. The more games you get of anything, you know when you need to spend a resource. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I said, I think, honestly, I could probably do an entire hour, hour and a half show on just just the the philosophy of command points. <laughs> no, that, that, for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll move along here. Uh, now, this is one of my favorite topics. Tanks can now fire in close combat. Um, I know whenever 8th edition came out, this was one of the biggest head scratchers. I'm like, what did they do to tanks? Why the hell can like a singular grot run up to my land raider and stop it dead in its tracks? Uh, I'm personally, I'm hoping to see, you know, fire and combat. I would love to see where it doesn't have to take a retreat move in order to continue moving forward. I feel like it should just literally be tanks will move. <laughs> and if there is a unit within uh, an inch, roll a number of dice equal to the number of models within one inch, five ups or mortal wounds or four ups or mortal wounds. Um, meleeing tanks should never be a good idea. <laughs> right. Unless you're made to, unless you're made to fight tanks, right. you have weapons to fight tanks. Don't go near a freaking tank. Right, right. And, and again, like I said, I think it'd be simple if you're if you're a melee tank buster to add a rule stating um, you know, you do not suffer effects of the run over rule, whatever they want to yeah, call you, it. You just you you ignore that rule, correct. 100%. Right. That is that's very easy to just tack on to a Okay. No, you're right. If my unit is specialized in killing tanks, well, they know not to get underneath the treads. But, yeah, your example of a unit of grots that runs up to a tank, yeah, no, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Squish. Yeah. yeah. My, my only thing, then, is I'd like to see a lot of the weapons on tanks have a minimum firing distance. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing, like... When, again, like... This is where we sh they should be drawing from real-world situations where, you know, maybe the twin-linked LAS cannon that has a barrel that extends three inches off of the side of the tank probably can't hit something that's under the barrel. There's but, not enough depression in the tank to actually shoot the unit. Right. But that's why they always have the, the uh, was it the piddle mount um, turrets and... and um, I mean, you it know, just depends on like level slots. of abstraction they want to get into. How granular do you want to get versus just being more abstract about it? And really, like abstraction's much more modern game design anymore. Yeah, well, like I said, I think Luis is onto something with like, okay, the main cannon has a three inch to twenty four inch range, whereas right. these weapons just have a eighteen inch range or whatever. Right, um, and then if something's that close, just run over it. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think that works. Yeah, like, um, 
if anybody's played Star Wars Legion, Star Wars Legion has a rule like that for tanks where they just displace models that are in front of them. Yeah, and that's so, the way it should be. Yeah, you can't block a tank in Legion. You can't get it in combat. It just runs over you. <laughs> well, even, you in his, even in my historical games, like if you charge a piece of artillery, well, that artillery can't fire bombardment on you. You know, it, it's the same concept, but I mean, you can't. Yeah. You you can only do so much with what. You, but you should be able to do something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I. Again, I started in 5th edition whenever tanks still had, or vehicles still had the armor value, which I was never a huge fan of, but at least it felt thematic. Like, tanks felt like they had this presence and they were were, um, something different, something special. Yeah, you couldn't kill a regular dude with a bolt gun could not kill a tank. He's just going to shoot at it, and it's going to ping off because it's a tank. (laughs) <laughs> right now again i do understand wanting to to veer away from that because then you always had everyone building a list and then going okay i should probably take two to three hundred points out just for tank busting and then sometimes my opponent brings a tank and sometimes they don't so i definitely get from a list building perspective why they would want to take it away from that level of extreme um but then I think they swung a little too far the other way, uh, which I think most game developers are prone to do. Oh, it happens. It's a, it's like a big seesaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like I said, I think with, with ninth edition, based on the fact that they brought it out that, you know, you can still fire and everything like that, they didn't say anything about, you know, not being tied up in combat, but I hope they go that route. Um, but it looks like they're at least trying to nudge instead of swing. Right. Um, okay, so this one's going to be more for the 40k guys. So this is the overall terrain rework. Um, I have some thoughts, but I'd like to hear you guys first. So big thing is like how I was saying, people like to use the ITC rules for things. Yeah. I'm hoping that they kind of go that route. Um, especially like I've heard back in the same vein of tanks people who play tanks are kind of sitting there are like well it's really no point in ever worrying about cover if i'm running armor because you have to be inside the footprint of a piece of train and 25 percent obscured by that piece of train in order to get cover wow yeah so essentially if you are in armor you don't worry about it ever so i'm wondering if that is something they're going to think about yeah, hopefully. Um, again, they've said so many different things about it. I don't remember the list that they went down, but I can't. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it either. Otherwise, I'd. Pipe but I know in they brought up it. they brought up stealth elements for melee models. Um, yeah, I that kind of just reminds me of like right now you can charge from outside a line of sight and not have to worry about. Uh, being shot at essentially because you get all that wonderful overwatch not just one unit like in aos i Uh, wonder if when charging from terrain you'll still be able to shoot uh overwatch at them or at least maybe they'll still claim cover right you might claim cover even though you've left it i don't know it's it's interesting uh definitely i think it's something that might help out the close combat armies, which debatable if they need it or not, but I've always felt that close combat in 40k is most of the time a suicide mission because <laughs> everyone has a gun. 
Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, I I really like the inclusion of Overwatch, and I know this is straying a little bit, but I feel like Overwatch shouldn't be a given. I feel like there's has to be like a bravery test or something in order to make sure your guys are with it enough to shoot. Because um, I know you know there's been several times with like Grey Knights charging into a unit of Tau that are strategically placed to be in the uh, proper range distance of two other units of Tau. You're getting 48 shots put on me. Um, that's just not even fun. True, but that's kind of Tau's shtick because just think if you make that. Oh yeah. Are you worried at all? What's going to happen with them Tau swinging back? No, nah, oh, right. not really. <laughs> yeah, and again, like I said, with Tau, that's an extreme case. You know, Tau versus Grey Knights is extreme, but um, you know, I, I would personally like to see that uh, Overwatch something be done because, like again, it's not it's not game breaking in any way, but I'd like to see something be a little bit nicer to uh, to melee, and and if that's the way to do it then that's you're going to have people shooting out in middle of a field <laughs> just so no one can charge them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that, and that's a, that's uh, a rule in, in the historical. If you you charge out of the woods within you know X amount of inches of a tank, you, you don't get shot at because they don't see you coming. Yeah, and I think that... And it works in that. I mean, that's it works an in that thing. game. But it, that's a little different, but it does work in that game very well. But you have to position yourself just right to make it work. But if you don't, that's then you get shot at. But if you do, then you don't. So so one of the things I was talking about with, with Chuck about the 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 overall train terrain rework, I think one of the issues is uh, GW outside of like the the, the the random ruined cathedral or industrial works building, uh, they don't really have that much varied terrain. Uh, I think it's pretty rare to see a full GW scenery filled terrain board or board with terrain. Um, so I, I feel like one of the issues that we always run across in with the terrain rules is because they ha- they know this and they have to develop rules that are so vague and generic that they cover almost all different terrain types. Um, do you guys think that's accurate? Yeah, and I think I miss uh, some of the older editions where it was just, if you're in cover, this is the benefit that you get. And there are times, especially going through just the generic book, that different pieces of terrain can give different bonuses right now and i yeah. prefer if we just streamlined it and said hey uh your woods and your ruins they do both the same thing don't worry about it yeah i wonder um, if fun. oh good no I, I was just agreeing with cole that yeah i think that that was a good thing that was in previous editions that it there was no you didn't have to sit down and figure everything out yeah. okay are you in woods or are you in ruins <laughs> hey, this is your save. If you're in a building, this is your save. Other than that, we don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of would like to just see something simple. Um, you know, where it's like, if you're touching the terrain, you get plus one save, and then based on how obscured you are, you can get a, you know, um, you penalize your opponent to hit. Uh, 
and I feel like that would be something easy to do. But of course, even then, whenever you have percentage of obscure uh, of obscuring, you even then get into some debates at that point. Yeah, the percentage deal is the it's a bad way I think to execute what you're trying to get there. Yeah, I think part of it too, as a relatively new Warhammer player, one of the things that I have really been frustrated by is the whole idea of true line of sight and how that how that works out how that works out with terrain that has windows and broken walls i i have had more arguments playing warhammer about how much of a model i can see with a laser pointer than anything else (laughs) yeah i can definitely see that Um, Chuck, you've been quiet. What do you think about terrain? Uh, I mean, terrain in general, I, I'd just like it to be easier in 40k because <laughs> I'm spoiled yeah. by what we have in Age of Sigmar, where it's here, it's basic. It gives you plus cover if you want to use these additional rules um, to add more elements to it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely feel like simple is better whenever it comes to terrain. Um, yeah, because yeah, honestly, like anytime I've encounter the situation where it's like well i don't know if like can i see this much and i'm, I'm always going to be like like if you're shooting my model you sure you can see it if i'm shooting you and you're questioning it okay i can't see it like i'm, I'm not that concerned <laughs> yeah. i get the whole idea that when people create these rules they want the the rules to seem realistic and and help you with immersion like i should be able to peek out that window and shoot that guy over there but at the same time the argument you're going to have for it for 30 minutes is immersion breaking so what's the point yeah yeah yeah, yeah i agree yeah i um yeah i think just something simple and lenient um like because again even sometimes i think aos is a little a little too uptight with having to be wholly within because then you start worrying about the footprint of the terrain, and uh, you know it'd be easier just to be like, "Yeah, you're you're touching it, so it's fine." <laughs> um, no. Okay, so I don't. Holy think within the... is king. What's that? Holy within is king. <laughs> I know. I know. Blah blah blah. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, I I have a feeling we're not probably going to have too much of a fiery passion about point number six. <laughs> uh, battles of every size. Cool. We do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else have any fiery hot takes? I nope. don't. I like I said, I missed the whole thing, so I, I don't. So that's I don't know. that's why we're going over it now. They're saying that you're gonna be able to you're gonna be able to successfully play battles of every size. So I think that this will work better in an environment where everybody gets the same number. Uh, command points to start with. Yeah. Because, like, one of the problems you run into with small games is I can fit a battalion into my 500 points. <laughs> Versus there's no way in hell you're going to do that if you're playing Custodes. Right. right. So if you're the Custodes player, you know, sorry, but you have no command points to work with other than the three for being Battleforged. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. Streamlining and making it more consistent, the number of command points that you have at those small point games is fantastic. Okay, yeah. So, all right. So, I think we all agree that, uh, you know, don't be a pussy, play 2,000 points and nothing else. That's <laughs> oh. hot takes. Yeah. 
<laughs> hot takes. Hot takes. No, just kidding. Play whatever size you want. It's fine by me. I don't care. Uh, okay. This is going to be another one for the uh, 40K players because I don't know this one. Revamping how reserves work. Hot okay, so, <laughs> so what I'm thinking they're going to do here. So, well, let's start off. Let's, take, saw... let's take a step back for me. How do reserves work now? So, right now, reserves work in turn one, no reserves at all. Can never come down, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, now, each book, each codex has their own way of doing reserves, but quite a few of them are what used to at least be called deep striking. Place wherever you want, nine inches away from the enemy. Um, I'm not entirely certain if that's what they're planning on changing, or if it's the idea that if you don't have that rule, you walk on from your own board edge. Whatever I remember from the uh, Twitch show was them talking about possibility of maybe coming on to a different board edge, which if I have to spend command points to do that, Okay, maybe I can actually walk a unit of Space Marines off of your back board edge for some ridiculous number of command points, and now I've got you on two fronts because you said, ah, I don't have to worry about the objective in my backfield. He has to walk to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I'm interested to see where, where they go with this from that um, from that perspective because I wasn't even thinking about... Again, as, as Grey Knights, I always just teleport in, you know? Um yeah, like I said, I mean, I I feel like things like reserves should be something that's pretty common, uh, just lore-wise. Um, and Agreed. So Everyone, everyone's spacefaring. They all can get people where they need to be if you're right. on planet already. Right. I mean, we have ships, we have boats, we have cars. You know, let's room, room, right. you know. Um, I'll tell you what, my, my wish list that... Um, it will never happen, but every edition I'm going to hope, uh, where the drop pod is a weapon. <laughs> Anytime there's any cinematic and there's a drop pod in it, it is going to land on someone. <laughs> I also wish for the stream. I'd love to see it. I will go for it, Jake. I want to deep strike the land right again. I mean... <laughs> Come on. It's a freaking land raid. <laughs> uh, well, who knows? Maybe. I mean, people griped a lot about that one being gone, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it. Worst case scenario, you bring it off from the side edge, huh? <laughs> um, the one thing I saw in there, I think, and I don't have it in front of me to see how it was worded, but it felt like one of the things they wanted to address with reinforcements was more protection against that first turn you know, alpha strike, because one of the things I yeah. hate is the idea that that first turn, if you're going first, you're looking at your opponent's army and seeing what can I effectively blow off the table before it gets a chance to do anything. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the receiving end, it's even worse. Right. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with doing reserves not on turn one, because, again, in... Uh, you know, in AOS, it's typically, you know, you're showing up by magical means, and that was the plan the whole time. Whereas in 40K, it is supposed to be flavored, or at least feels like it's supposed to be flavored more for, uh, you know, hey, we've already started the battle, we need you in here now, 
we're on our way, Sarge, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I think that's... Uh, I, eh, again, I didn't really have a complaint about it the first time around, but uh, like I said, I'm sure the higher tables uh, had some issues with it. Um, okay, so the next one is definitely another issue that I had with 8th uh, edition. Uh, explosive weapons will now deal a hell of a lot more damage to mob. Yeah. Uh, this is referring back to the um, blast weapons coming back. So I think the real question is: Are blast templates coming back? I don't. I don't uh, know. I don't. I don't uh, think they'd bring templates back at all. <laughs> yeah, if you made me personally, put money down on it. Personally, no. I liked. I liked templates. I yep. thought that was fun. Because you're a historical yeah. gamer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I agree. Mean, I thought that was I, super cool, though. I uh, I didn't necessarily like. Um, like the misdirection uh too many times oh, that i have a, too many times that i throw a grenade and the wind caught it and brought it back on me <laughs> <laughs> i just but, uh, I, I just think the, the templates usually cause more arguments and actually yeah. tell you what to do which is why they'll never come back yeah well like i said i mean in all honesty it was a simple fix last time around that i was shocked that it wasn't implemented uh, what's the name of the um, uh, of the Space Marine tank that uh, that used to shoot the big pie plate? The Vindicator. Uh, the Vindicator. Right. So, like, 8th edition comes out. The Vindicator, I think it did, what, 2d6, 3d6 damage? But one shot, one kill. So you'd literally, like, find a giant squadron of orcs and just one orc takes a shot in the mouth... You do like ten damage to him, but the rest of the guys are fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can we get rid of one shot, one kill too? And maybe it's because I played Age of Sigmar first, but that I still can't wrap my head around that rule. Yeah. Well, like I mean, as far as that goes, I look at that and I see it as a really good. Um, I see it as a really good um, balancing tool. I think it has a definite place. The issue is. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be a universal rule. Like it doesn't need to be across the board. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because if I take a plasma gun and I shoot one dude, yes, that plasma damage, that plasma shot is going to do more damage than a bolter round, but it's not going to take out more than one guy. Unless it's a plasma uh, cannon. Right, plasma cannon <laughs> is going to take out a giant chunk of earth. And not just the one dude that it initially makes contact with. Yeah, uh, so maybe like a sniper weapon type that only only can ever kill one model. Right, exactly. So like, it, there should have been, like again, from the beginning, it should have just been, you know, blast is now a keyword or something like that. And it means that this deals, you know, the damage spills over to the next model, to the next mm -hmm. model, to the next model. I think that would have been a very easy wording in the first edition and um, or eighth edition, I mean. And I expect to see something simple like that in the next. Yeah, I, I hope for that too. Just it it does feel kind of bad sometimes when you shoot a massive weapon and you kill one solitary <laughs> guy, and you're like, oh, okay. I really wanted that one Gretchen to be dead forever. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shoot him so bad that his parents forget they had him. That's 
<laughs> he's suddenly scrubbed from his yearbook. That's <laughs> um okay, and number nine rework how flyers work. I would yes. like your hot takes first. Okay. So for me right now, it from what I got from the Twitch show was that they're going to rework it that normally right now in 40k, if your flyer falls off the table, he's dead. What I think they're going to do... Which is the most ridiculous rule in the history of time. Agreed. And I think that's why they're fixing this. I think they're going to go back to how it used to work in 7th edition, where if you fall off the table, you wait a turn, you can come back on. Yeah. If that's what it is, great. Because otherwise you're just doing a circle track the entire five turns or whatever it ends up being until the game's over. You're just turning left until the game's over. Again, like I said, the the rule of if it goes off the table, it's dead is like the most ridiculous rule in the history of time. I don't even know why they would let that, why they would let those words be printed on a page. I mean, the the battlefield exists an inch past my table. <laughs> it's just the easy way it to least... solve a bigger problem, really. Yeah, I it's, guess. But yeah, it's it's releasing the uh, releasing the wolves to kill the uh, I don't know whatever lions to kill the wolves or whatever. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, well, it's like whenever uh, for a very local reference, whenever we got hit with the the cicadas. And people were talking about bringing the uh, some sort of like super killer hornet to come and take them out or wasp, and they're like, "Yeah, but then we're gonna have a bunch of really angry wasps." I think the uh, not cicadas, the um, stink bugs. Oh yeah, (laughs) maybe stink bugs are okay. (laughs) (laughs) We can live with them. Yeah, I I have no problem if they want to have a flyer, you know fly off the edge of the table, and then next round you can bring it back from either your side or the side it went off. Um, well, I would say overall, Cole, I don't know if you would agree or not, but flyers have decreased in being put on a table as a result. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say at the very beginning of the edition. Whenever 8th first came out, you would run, well, there were people running six flyers and doing very well in 8th edition at the very beginning of this. So I don't think it stopped things so much as it just doesn't feel right, and it feels like I'm pigeonholed into where I need to be. Now they've gone back through and fixed how flyer work, how flyer rules work nowadays, um, because it was a little ridiculous. I think like the first few months of eighth, there were so many six flyer lists out there, but those dark days are gone. <laughs> I think this is just something to help bring them back on the table, and yeah. It's a small nudge rather than a big Hail Mary will make him really great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what they do with them. Because, like, flyers are such an enigma because they fit perfectly in the lore and they fit perfectly in the narrative. But it's kind of a hard squeeze to get them in the, t- in the, uh, in the game rules-wise. Because, like, Again, if you have a melee army, you know, a bunch of Tyranids, uh, without the guns, the melee kind, <laughs> it's, you know, theoretically they shouldn't be able to take out a flyer, but at the same time, it's not fun to be 
the player in that situation. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, flyers are the most beautiful models I don't want to deal with because I don't want to figure out how to use them. <laughs> but I want to get one of the flyers, and I want it to be fun on the table. Yeah, the the whole idea of a flyer having a base and how the flyer interacts with other models and terrain it, it's just a huge headache can, yeah. can we just leave that for aeronautica <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you since day one since they introduced flyers i've always said that there should just be like a bunch of just single rods that that go from like the tip and uh, like the one from the tip to the ground, one from the tail to the ground, and one for each wing to the ground. And you can just fly right over models. You can set it over models. It's fine. No base, just the just these stabilization rods. It does cause a big pain in the butt with movement and trying to position it. There you go again. If you can't go off the table, it makes it hard to position sometimes that you you can keep yourself on the table because you don't want to spend 20 minutes having somebody put their models on top of your base so you can move next time. Right, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I definitely don't want to be them to try and figure out how those decisions are made. No. Dude. Was that all, all nine? Right. Then? Yeah, that's all nine. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Nice to see everybody's opinion on it, too, because... I mean, ultimately, we just need to get it in our hands and start giving it a try. Look forward. I look forward to that. That'll be a that'll be a fun time for the club. Well, um, do we want to do any uh, ninth edition plans? Does anyone want to go to? Does anyone have anything planned for ninth edition? Get these Harlequins done. Get to enjoy that new Psychic Awakening book came out. Um, <laughs> it's pretty well it. I want to put two to three hundred grots on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. I don't care if I win because I'm sure I'm going to lose, but I just want to do it. Watch the green carpet come over people. Like I said, and then yep. just gas go in the middle of it six times bigger than everybody else. Like, shoot me. You can hit me four times, but I don't care. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Marathi and a bunch of witch elves. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the witch elves are a little bit more useful in these grots, though. True. Hey, now. What's uh? What's your plans, Luis? Uh, I think I'm gonna pick up another army. I, I was just originally thinking for 40k, I was gonna stick with just one, and I think now I'm gonna relax that a bit to one per edition. I still think I I need to do something compared to my current Age of Sigmar plan, which is buy all the things. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm not sure what. Uh, I'm gonna mull it around for a bit. I got a few ideas, but nothing super concrete yet. I know I'm planning on adding a Dark Angel flyer to my list, and maybe a unit of aggressors for some fun. But uh, I'm just looking forward to possibly just getting to fully primaries my Dark Angels in the in the coming years. Yeah, for for me, I'm. Since uh, since Chuck's doing Dark Angels, I'm just holding out for them to actually release uh, Space Wolf specific uh, sculpts, and uh, you know I'll jump on the Primera Space Wolf bandwagon whenever they come out. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to hold off because uh, if I start dividing 
or if I start uh, picking up random units here and there, I'm going to have uh, be back where I was uh, uh, a couple weeks ago before I got rid of all my 40k <laughs> stuff. So yeah. <clears throat> well, I think uh, if I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're all right. If the um, now again, if they take forever, uh, you know, the I, I might eventually start doing the Sisters of Battle, but uh, that's only if my uh, will fades. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But you know, I think this has been a good conversation, um, good way to introduce you guys to our listening audience. So when we have you back on, we don't have to spend time going through that and we can just chat about the main topic longer but uh for now we'll we'll end it here but uh i'd like to definitely if if you guys are on social media shout out where people can follow you so uh luis where where are you at and how can they follow you uh i am on instagram facebook and reddit as top gundark uh gundark like the alien from star wars nice oh we actually know it's Top Gun Dark. That's... That too. <laughs> uh, that was the point. <laughs> uh, Jacob, are you on any social media that you'd like to share? Uh, nothing, nothing like related to this kind of stuff. So okay. Uh, is... No, stay away. As we said before, he's uh, he was born sixty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like an old man in a young person's body. There you go. Cole, what about yourself? I only have a Twitter. Um, I haven't done a good job posting to it over the last few months. I was working on a nice hobby streak, but that kind of ended once I heard about Adepticon not going to happen. Uh, you can find me at C McGunn. Uh, it's just first letter and the last name cut in half. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, Matt, how about you? As, as always, Lazenka NTM. You can do that at uh, do that at Twitter. Do it on, uh, I don't know. Just at Chuck, and he'll he'll send it my way. There you go. Uh, for myself, as always, Strengthhammer underscore on Instagram and Twitter, Strengthhammer on Facebook, or Strengthhammer.net, uh, and Strengthhammer on YouTube. Everywhere, Strengthhammer, Strengthhammer, Strengthhammer. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having, uh, having a chat with us this morning, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, to everyone out there, stay Stormcast strong. <laughs>